Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Good afternoon and welcome to Engage for Success Radio Show 324, Should Employee Experience Replace Employee Engagement? So today we're actually going to be talking about how to design Brilliant experiences which build on engagement. So we'll see how that conversation goes. So we'll get the answer to that question a bit later. I'm Joe Dodds, your host for today. I'm an engagement consultant working within the Engage for Success core team. The Engage for Success movement is an inclusive movement committed to the idea that there is a better way to work by releasing more of the capability and potential of people at work. We spread the word about employee engagement and shine a light on good practice. And we're widely supported across the UK involving the public, private and third sectors. If you go to engageforsuccess.org, our website, you can use the link at the bottom of the page to join our newsletter list and all our social media links are there too. So my guest today is Emma Bridger, who's Managing Director of People Lab. So welcome, Emma. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Joe. Nice to be here. So really great to be talking to you. We're going to be talking, should employee experience replace employee engagement? And I think before we get into that potential debate, I'm not sure it's going to be too much of a debate, <laughs> knowing our views. <laughs> no. um, but, I think you probably know what the answer is going to be, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Perhaps you could give a bit of a, a, an explanation of what you think employee experience is, because some of our listeners you know, may not know what uh, what that term is uh is all about although you know it's something that's been bandied around a lot and i'm sure pe- people have different perspectives on it anyway but you know what's your uh take on what is employee experience yeah so i guess you know you can think about employee experience it's kind of everything that's that's connected with um an employee's interactions with with um with the company they work for the organization they work for the job they do so it's really about you know their, their feelings their observations their um you know, their interactions um kind of everything that happens to them i guess from even from before they they join an organization where they're even maybe thinking about joining an organization all the way through to long after they've left the organization so it's one of those kind of i guess umbrella terms a little bit like engagement but underneath it there's probably lots of different ways that you can look to define it and, and that's up to you really there's not kind of a single universal definition but that's in a nutshell, what it what it means to me. Mm. And you know, I guess that's partly why people have different perspectives on it, because you know there are so many different elements to an experience, as you say, from before mm. people join the company, never mind whilst they're there too. Uh, so mm-hmm. why do you think we are seeing more discussion, or, or even discussion of? It's not a phrase that you would have heard very much, you know, perhaps a year, two years ago, maybe you know, um, even more recently than that. But, you know, it seems to be talked about a lot at the moment. Why do you think that's the case? Yeah, um, it definitely seems to be having a moment, doesn't it? And and, and just, you know, I, I guess there's, there's a few reasons why I think that we, we're seeing more conversation around experience. I think, first of all, there are commentators who kind of cite the lack of improvements in employee engagement, sort of say, well, engagement hasn't worked, it's time for something new. And it kind of mm. won't you to, to hear that that I don't believe that that's the case and I don't believe that experience should replace engagement we'll come with that in a little bit but I think that you know employees have always had experiences um the good the bad and the ugly 
And, you know, there's, there's a very good reason why we're not seeing the, the improvements in engagement that we'd want to see. We call this the employee engagement gap. And it's really down to the fact that, that we've, for a long time, relied on, for example, the survey as a substitute for actually really getting on with the job of, of looking at how we improve and develop engagement. And, you know, really, really simply, if we, you know, design, create um, experiences for people at work that are positive, then it results in engagement. It's as simple as that. So, you know, I know you and I, Jo, have, have for a long time looked at how we can design and, and create compelling, brilliant experiences for people at work. And we know that if you do that, it, it results in engagement. But a lot of organisations are only just starting to make that link. So I think the first thing is that people are kind of looking for a, a panacea to fix all this kind of people stuff. And, and they feel like engagement hasn't worked. And I don't think that's, that's the right thing at all. But they think, oh, we need to move on to the next big thing. Mm. Um, I also think, um, you know, some commentators argue that engagement is organization-centric, whereas experience is um, employee or people-centric. And I think that, you know, for me, again, any decent engagement practitioner knows that, you know, we need to understand how an employee experiences the organization and involve them in, in what good looks like for them to help to improve and develop their engagement. So, you know, for me, I've always approached engagement from a you know from a kind of bottom up as well as top down perspective and I've always made a real effort to seek out you know individual stories about what good looks like for them and what a great experience looks like looks like for them and you know over sort of 20 years I've collected sort of thousands of what are called best experience stories that people share their best experience at work and I've used that as a kind of basis for for all the work that I do on engagement. And I think the third reason that we're seeing this kind of real explosion in employee experience is the technological advances that we've seen over the last few years. So, you know, companies are definitely moving away from the annual survey and we're seeing kind of, you know, wearables and, um, you know, there's a, a Swedish startup called Epicenter that even offered implants to employees via microchips that basically have a swipe card. And we're seeing this kind of like big data explosion where we can suddenly really understand how our people experience an organization. I think that's also kind of fueled the interest in, in experience as well. Um, so I think these, these sort of, these changes together uh, meant that, you know, there's a much more um, kind of increased appetite for understanding how our people experience organizations and what we can do to make it better. Mm, absolutely. And certainly it's something that as a, as a movement, we've um, sort of addressed this by saying, you know, very similar thing, you know, in that, uh, you know the things that are very interconnected, but it, we don't even want to be talking about should we have something new because <laughs> partly, as you say, Absolutely. some of it hasn't been cracked already new. anyway. But also, just renaming things or whatever just Absolutely. doesn't move you forward, does it? No, mm. mm. so, no. I have to say, you know, put really simply, if we get the experience right, employees like to be engaged. Um, it's as simple as that. You know, we need to purposefully design work experiences to create engaged workforce you know and that's it really you know it's not any more complex than that um and yet you know since we haven't got the big debates about terms and terminologies and is this dead is that dead and i think it's for me you know the positive is it gives us a great opportunity to you know really uh, deliberately design those experiences at work that are going to result in engagement mm. and would you have been calling some experiences you know, five, ten, fifteen years ago. You know, is it a new phrase, or is it you always would have described it as that? It's just been sort of 
plucked out and started to be used as a as a thing now? Yeah, I think me personally, I've always talked about experiences. So anyone that's yeah. ever been on any of my training courses or mm-hmm. I've worked with knows that one of the first things I always start with with a new client or a new group is best experience stories. So I'll always ask people to share stories about their best experiences at work. And that mm-hmm. makes a sense of what good looks like for them. And I'll sort of say, you know, tell me, about, talk about a time when you were at your best when you were final final cylinders, when you couldn't wait to get to work, when you you know, when you were thriving at work. And I've collected that qualitative data over the years and it kind of underpins, you know, my approach to engagement. I know that if, if we were able to provide experience like that people at work, then they're gonna be they're gonna be engaged. And it links back to the kind of the neuroscience that's called happy advantage, etc. But I think mm. that um so, so I always have talked about experiences, and it's not because I'm, I'm particularly big or clever. It's just that that's that's the kind of the, the way that I've I've come at this. But I think that um, you know, the, the sorts of people I'm talking to about experience, I think it's given them something a little bit more tangible to grasp hold of. Because I think for a long time, everybody's kind of got that engagement is a good thing, it's important, but it can feel a little bit abstract to some people. Mm-hmm. And I think that an experience feels much more practical and grounded like I can design and ex- I can design a great you know performance development experience or a great onboarding experience or a great communication mm. experience which will result in engagement it feels a little bit more practical for people so I think it's actually quite a helpful conversation to have yeah and I, I I can see that and think that I also wonder if uh, sort of to, to go along with what we were saying about you know let's not just come up with a new name and a new sort of Thing because we haven't cracked the, the previous thing could it not also be where uh, a sort of an issue where organizations exactly exactly in that way they, they see a practical uh, way of doing something implement the program take off the, the program but they still haven't moved forward in terms of their engagement um could, could they end up falling into that trap as well do you think that you create these experiences or the experience a thing that improves somebody's experience but it doesn't necessarily engage them or am i being too challenging um, <laughs> no, no, i've got to be honest though you, you cut out a little bit there so i couldn't quite hear the question um, oh. but, you know I, I think um so for me i've always explicitly asked people I've been working with to look at the kind of the, the whole employee experience because I think you can do a lot of work on it you know taking kind of a classic kind of more transactional engagement approach and lots of organizations yeah. do so they'll, they'll run yeah. a survey and, and they'll find some stuff out and they'll go right we've got an issue with x y and z let's try and fix it and I've always kind of said that, that, that that's where it'll get you so far but actually you need to look at your whole employee life cycle all of those moments that matter all of those touch points and say are they supporting or sabotaging engagement. So, you know, I mean, we've all had the experience or, or know people that have had the experience where you've been recruited by a company and it all looks very shiny and wonderful from the outside and you get inside, you think, oh my goodness, this isn't kind of what I was promised or what I thought it would be when I, when I got inside. Mm. Um, so I think it's always been really important for companies to look at that, that whole employee life cycle and all the touch points and say, are we really supporting engagement here? You know, is our onboarding an engagement experience, for example? Mm, I mean, mm, I would mm. argue there are very few um, performance management processes out there that are engaging experiences. So 
actually, if you genuinely want to engage our people, we can't just do some stuff at the back of the survey. We've got to look at the whole, which can feel very overwhelming um, and massive, but it's got to look at the whole and say, actually, every which way our people interact with an organisation has to, you know, in, in, in an ideal world, has to promote a great experience which would result in engagement rather than yes yeah. so we're fixing stuff off the survey but actually you know when you when you start mm. work here on day one you've got no equipment you've got to ask someone for, for tomorrow pass to go to the loose the hygiene stuff's not working and actually all your teammates you know go off and no one shows you where the canteen is no one asks you for lunch on your first day that's not very engaging so it can't just be it's got to be a whole systems approach rather than yeah. stuff off the back of the survey yeah, and that, you know, I think it's that, as you say, it's that whole whole end to end approach. So it's it's the whole sum of an ex- of their experiences with an organisation, um, mm. which is made up of individual experiences. But if you just focus on, as you say, the transactional individual things like your performance management or how you do your induction onboarding or whatever, then if you don't look at that bigger holistic view, you still don't hit that engagement piece because it's a bit like that thing about people putting in programs and saying tick we've done engagement but actually how we do things around here is different to what you did in that little program that lasted six weeks and was a great success but actually didn't change how we do things around here generally yeah yeah Yeah, so if people are wanting to develop their employee experience um where do they start because you know we've just said it's holistic it's like end to end that sounds really daunting (laughs) for the yeah, average practitioner starting at the beginning what do they do <laughs> yeah so I think I think it's, it's really interesting because I think the first point is that to design and deliver a brilliant experience to your people requires more than HR can do alone and I think that's a great opportunity I think what we're seeing with, with employee experience is a genuine desire to get different practitioners and different disciplines sat around the table and I think that's really exciting. Um, and, and I think, you know, just starting with that in mind is, is, is a great place to start. And I think you're right, it can feel massively overwhelming because, you know, as I said before, you know, if you think about what, what employee experience is, and you talked about it being everything that's connected with an employee's interactions with the organisation. So that's huge. Where on earth do you start? So, so it can feel really, really overwhelming. So I think a really good place to start is to really think about the scope and and to think about you know we talk about moments that matter um taking a lot of language here from from the from the discipline of customer experience which is kind of you know a good few years if not more ahead of employee experience you know what are the moments that matter the most from the perspective of our people so we need to prioritize uh, working on the stuff that has the biggest impact to you know to our, our people's experience and this is where, you know, taking a, a kind of a genuinely human-centric approach to this pays off. Because I think previously, um, people in, in the people disciplines have been guilty of sitting in an ivory tower and kind of working on stuff that they deem to be the most important stuff to work on. And actually, this is where taking a human-centric approach, so going back to those best experience stories I've talked about, you know, if you start with that, if you start by asking your people, what does good look like for you? Taking a straight-faced approach. So when you're at your best, what's going on for you? And that insight gives you a fantastic kind of, um, you know, signpost as to where you should be focusing your attention. Because, you know, you can sit in your ivory tower and kind of re-engineer and experience and, you know, say you're looking at, I don't know, your reward recognition approach. 
and, and do a load of great work on it. But actually, you know, your people might say that doesn't make that big a difference to how I experience the organisation. What makes a mm. much bigger difference to me is, you know, if I need to go off or, you know, if I need to take, say, maternity or paternity leave, how that's handled by my manager and the people I'm working with and, and how that experience is for me. And if it's a great experience, I go, wow, this company is awesome. If it's a terrible mm. experience, no matter how great your employees the months or the year scheme is, it doesn't matter. So I think starting mm-hmm. off with um, scoping it out, what are those moments and experiences that are going to make the most difference to your people? What have the biggest impact? You can understand that from taking that human-centric approach, you know, genuinely empathizing with your people and saying, what does great look like for you? Um, and then picking off, you know, those, those kind of um, experiences and moments that matter that make the most difference and, and um, redesigning, redesigning those. And, you know, thinking about making it personal, there's no cookie-cutter approach to this stuff. It's got to be what is right for the organisation, right for your people. Um, mm-hmm. We have a lot of design thinking, actually, which works really well because I think you can pontificate to the nth degree trying to come up with something that's, that's brilliant and perfect and wonderful. But actually, using design thinking is a great process to help you very quickly come up with a load of ideas, prototype them, come up with what we call our minimum lovable products or the minimum viable products, get out there, test it, and basically just do it. Um, mm. you know, I've worked with clients before that have spent like years in an ivory tower redesigning an experience. By the time they've come out with it, kind of it's it, it, almost 12 months out of date, um, especially if you, if you kind of like overlay tech on top of that. So, you know, coming up with brilliant tech solutions or wonderful, for example, a wonderful internet that's going to do everything. And by the time you kind of roll it out, it's already out of date. So I think mm. it's like design thinking is a really great way to just get out there and try some stuff and experiment and test it and, you know, pilot it and see if it works and then, you know, yeah. and, and make it happen. Yeah. And, you know, for those people who do think that employee experience is replacing employee engagement, it's interesting that what you've just described does sound very much like one of our employee engagement for enablers in terms of employee voice. (laughs) Asking your employee what they actually want and delivering that rather than coming up with your own version. (laughs) Absolutely. And as you know, Joe, I've added an extra one onto your four enablers, and I talk about involvement, which is kind of taking voice and just it's taking it a little bit further. I think voice and involvement mm-hmm. are absolutely the heart of all of this. It's got to be human centric. It's got to be from the perspective of your people. And I mean, like I say, customer experience is way ahead of employee experience. And we know from great customer experience design, it starts by really genuinely understanding your customers. And I think this mm-hmm. starts by really genuinely understanding your people um and, and who they are and what they want and what makes it great for them and we can link that to another enabler being engaging managers <laughs> so Yay. you know and part of that's about treating people individually what role can managers play in delivering this great experience so, so we've talked a bit about you know the whole organization and we can get together and have people from different uh, departments and so on all getting together but you know individual managers working with their employees what can they do yeah, so I think, um, you know, as I said, experience and engagement are, are absolutely linked to great experience results and engagement. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, understandably, this is the same stuff that, that um, delivers engagement is going to deliver a great experience. It's, it's, you know, it's not rocket science, this stuff. And 
I think managers probably make the biggest difference to our experience at work. And, you know, when we talk about um, manage, you know, the manager enabler um, being one of the most vital enablers, I think it's, it's because your managers make or break your experience at work. So no matter how wonderful the company you're working for, um, if you've got a boss that isn't great, <laughs> then it, it, you know, your experience is very poor. Um, and I think that, you know, managers, first of all, need to think about um, really how they can create opportunities for their people to talk about how it feels for them at work, what their experience is like, the good, the bad and the ugly, and how they can work together as a team to make it better. Um, so something as simple as, as having a manager um, have a best experience conversation with their people, their team, is a great place to start because it's strength-based. So it's not scary for managers to say, hey, tell me what doesn't work for you. And that can be quite a scary place for, for some managers to go to. But saying to, to your team, you know, talk to me about a time when you're at your best. You know, what's that look like? That's quite a safe conversation to have. And, and managers can learn so much from that conversation and think about, well, actually, my team are telling me that they, they're at their best when they, for example, have lots of autonomy and they're really challenged and they've got a, quite a big project to get their teeth into. So I need to think about how I can kind of give them more of that type of work to, to, to you know, help them have a great experience at work and, and be more engaged. Uh, mm-hmm. or, or it might be that my team tell me that they're best when they have got a really, really clear brief and then there's exactly what's expected of them and they, you know, it's very black and white. So I need to think about how I can communicate more effectively with them to make sure that they really understand what I expect of them. Mm-hmm. So just having that conversation is a really great place for managers to start. Yeah, absolutely. And what about measuring it? Because we've talked already about employee engagement and surveys and, and getting quite transactional and that, you know, we want to move on from there. How do we measure experience, especially given we've said it is sort of holistically, you know, cradle to grave and all that sort of stuff? How how do we measure it? Yeah, so um, it's a concept that, that we're, we're talking about, which is called return on experience or, or rocks. Um, I know that, like, PwC have got in there pretty quickly and, uh, and and have sort of talked about you know a model for rocks or what have you. But it's it's the same kind of stuff that we would look to, to measure engagement on. I mean, what I think is good about experience is I don't think we're going to end up. Well, I hope we're not going to end up with a kind of the you know the, the index model with everybody benchmarking their experience because it is so individualistic and it's so company centric. So I think we go back to a much more helpful way of measuring something, which is, okay, so what's the outcome we want? What does good look like and how are we going to measure it? So we're looking at a kind of probably a mixture of things like outcomes, that, you know, business outcomes have got to be in there. But as have, you know, people's perceptions and people's own feelings towards an experience. So how did it make you feel? Was it a good experience? You know, how did you, what did you walk away thinking and feeling? So I think there's a great opportunity here to go back to kind of, you know, not measuring for measurement's sake, but measuring so that we can genuinely understand whether something was a positive experience or a negative experience by using things like, you know, outcomes measures, um, attitudinal measures, um, beliefs, perceptions, those sorts of things. And as I say, I don't think it's going to necessarily lend itself to a a kind of a a model that everyone buys into and starts benchmarking. I think it's much more of a kind of case-by-case scenario where we, we say, well, Let's look at that onboarding experience and see if it was a good experience for our people. And again, it's not rocket science. You know, it's not like we have to have something really being complicated and, and have some kind of you know, crazy index that, that ranks people. It's just, was it a good experience for people, yes or no? How does it make you feel, good or bad? Mm. What can we do to improve it? You know, those are the sorts of things. And, and then obviously, 
then engagement is a measure of this because it's an outcome measure. Because if we have higher engagement, then we know that the experiences that we're giving people are, are contributing to that, that engagement score. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. I think it's quite an exciting um, measurement landscape, shall we say. And I, I guess it's also, uh, because it's so broad, there are different points of measurement in different ways, depending on the part of the experience you know, that you're talking about at the time. And I guess that's, as you say, why it's particularly interesting. And I guess also probably particularly frustrating for people who like, you know, three numbers and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. because it doesn't quite work that way. Absolutely, absolutely. And, that, you know, going into kind of big data world, if you look at sort of what's happening in customer experience world, there are some really, really clever examples of, you know, people like Booking.com have done some really interesting measurements to understand which experiences make the biggest difference to how people feel about them as an organisation. Um, and um, Southwest Airlines, we know we often talk about Southwest Airlines, don't we, in engagement, because they are kind of the poster boys for this in in, um, in the US. But they've done some really interesting work um, looking at what experiences make the biggest difference to their company. And they, for example, they found, and I don't know how, how they did this, there's some, probably some really clever maths underneath this, clever stats underneath it. <laughs> they found that, for example, their, um, their kind of approach, their sort of quirky approach to their emergency kind of, you know, announcements on board, they're quite, you know, a little bit, little yeah. bit humorous and, and different. That makes a huge difference to their bottom line. They've done some really interesting sort of numbers around that. So I think we're going to start to see some of this great work happening in the external world where customers start to find their way internally. We're going to be able to learn a lot from how you know how um, organisations are understanding the customer experience and start to use that internally, which I think is really exciting actually for any of us that want to make work a positive experience for our people, which of course we all do. So. Um, I think it's looking really, really good for the future. In some ways, it also feels like that might help to legitimise the concept of measuring the experience internally, because some of the complaints about employee engagement, you know, some people say you can't measure it, and you know, it, it doesn't, you, you can't prove that it, that um, the causation is only potentially correlation, and we're not sure we really agree with that and everything else. And yet, in as you say, the external customer experience world. There's there's very clear connections as you've just yeah. shown with the Southwest Airlines. I wonder if perhaps that mm. that will help to sort of quieten some of the uh, negatives around measuring stuff internally in organisations around sort of culture and so on because you know there's models for it elsewhere in a different way. Yeah, I think so. And I think you know this is the difference. Going back to what I was talking about with measurement, you know what. What those organisations do is they don't come out with a kind of a, a, an industry standard for customer experience and say, look, we're booking.com and we know that these three things make a massive difference to how our people yeah. feel about our organisation, whether they recommend yeah. whatever, whatever it might be. And I yeah. think that's what, I think this will legitimise what we're doing within the kind of world of, of employees and people because what we'll, I think what hopefully we'll move to is rather than kind of an industry standard we all have to kind of buy into, and, yeah. you know, um, big companies making lots of money from selling that to people. I think it'd be much more about for our organisation, yeah. we can now see the link between these experiences and outputs that we're looking for and outcomes we're looking for. And then we'll start to go mm. much more to a kind of bespoke measurement model, which is exactly mm. what happens mm. in kind of customer experience world. So I think that's quite mm. an exciting, exciting move, actually. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because we have examples of organisations we've worked with within 
engaged success who have done exactly that with their engagement uh yeah. which i guess is what makes it in some ways less exciting for everyone else because it, as it's so cent- sort of centric to their own organization and they say we know that if that happens then that's likely to happen therefore we take this action yeah because that doesn't apply to anyone else nobody's that interested so it then um doesn't get the sort of um uh, you know press and and sort of um uh, you know kudos it perhaps deserves so yeah as you say if we can start to think in terms of what does this mean for us as an organization and what are we going to do differently and and actually believe that and not worry about everyone else that that's probably a good thing isn't yeah. it we're just we're just moving into the last yeah. the last uh, couple of minutes of the show last minute and a half in fact and um, you're continuing your research aren't you tell us tell people yeah. how they can get involved yeah so we we've been speaking to a range of organizations um about employee experience um so do some qualitative interviews we've spoken to about 10 or so companies so far so we're still looking for another sort of I don't know, about up to 10 to the companies to have more qualitative kind of conversations with. So it's a 45-minute interview over the phone. Off the back of that, we'll, we will be designing and running some quantitative research, which we will share on our social channels. So if anyone's interested in getting involved, my email is emma at peoplelab.co.uk, or you can go to our website, which is um, www.peoplelab.co.uk. I'm also on Twitter at Emma People Lab. Um, so if you're interested in getting involved, then please do. Um, so we will be publishing white papers off the back of this first phase of research, and then we'll obviously be showing the results in the quantitative stage, which will be kind of halfway through next year. Mm-hmm. So really interesting yeah. um, findings so far. So please do get involved if it sounds of interest. We'd love to hear from you. Lovely. And we're going to try and get something in the newsletter about that as well, aren't we? So um, thank you, Emma, so much for joining us. And uh, we'll have to get you back because we're running out of time. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Joe. Lovely to speak to you. So just to let you know, Joan Moffat will be back next week talking to Alison Green, who's an executive coach, Womba director, and she says coaching partner. And she's talking about engaging parents at work. And they're going to be talking about how organisations are introducing more gender neutral parental policies. So we look forward to speaking to you next week. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.